You're listening to the Star City Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Smith. You know, Father's Day isn't that far away, so today on Star City, we're going to play our very first podcast conversation, which was almost a year ago, as we had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with father and son, Glenn and Chris Combs, and talk about both their personal relationship and their professional relationship, as both had the opportunity to play professional sports. Now, here's the replay of our program, When Faith and Sports Come Together. Now, I want both of you to know that your being here on Star City is an extra special blessing for a couple of reasons. First, because this is Father's Day, and this is a special Father's Day podcast, as Father's Day was just a few days ago this past Sunday. Uh, But Glenn and Chris, you guys also have the distinction of being committed followers of Jesus Christ. Glenn, you are so active right here at First Roanoke, and uh, as you are, Chris, there at Summit Church in Raleigh-Durham, but you're also uh, shared the distinction of having played professional sports. And you are here on the very first episode of our podcast right here on Star City. So welcome, and guys, thank both of you for being here. Well, as I already said, we're talking about dads, sons, and sports, so you can't get any better than that. So, Glenn, let's start with a little bit about you for those who are listening and joining us today. You played college basketball at Virginia Tech, and I believe someone told me that you're in the Hokies Hall of Fame for Virginia Tech, and also you were selected for the ACC Legend Hall of Fame. Is that right? Yes, uh, uh, Pastor. I came out of Kentucky and re- was recruited by Virginia Tech, and of course played there. Uh, met my wife there, who's from Roanoke, mm-hmm. and uh, went on. Was drafted in both. At that time, there was two leagues: the NBA and the ABA, and I was drafted in both. Decided to go with the ABA because of the primarily because of the three point rule and and I always liked the red white and blue basketball. The too. red white and blue basketball <laughs> was also uh, an innovation for the ABA and uh, eventually they merged together and I retired. I think they merged the eighth year that I was would have been in the league, but mm-hmm. the, I retired that year prior to that. Yeah, but, no, you uh, had an interesting nickname. You were called the Kentucky Rifle for your long-range shooting. Is that right? Well, that's that's true. Uh, Kentucky Rifleman for the long-range shooting, and also uh, because I was also called the the, the uh, Jed Clampett because of the Beverly Hill, <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies because I grew up in eastern Kentucky in the coal fields. So, uh, you know, I've been your pastor for 15 years, and I love the fact that you finally admitted to that. I appreciate that. I now, keep you, that one quiet for most of the time. <laughs> well, you were three times the ABA All-Star uh, team. You were on the 1971 ABA Championship team with Utah Stars. You led the league in three-point baskets with making 103 that season. And when you retired in 1975, you had scored 7,666 career points. Now, Chris, you played college ball at Duke University and then professional football as a defensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, your dad tells me that you and your wife, Angela, having met here in Roanoke, you live in the Durham area. You guys have three kids, Cindy, Betty Ann, and Glenn. And you just recently had the joy of baptizing uh, your daughter, Cindy, I believe. Is that right? Uh, Yes, sir. That was uh, one of the most rewarding days of my life. Um, uh, When we shared that experience earlier, uh, just it was actually, uh, yeah, 
less than a month ago. Wow. Talk about the blessing of fatherhood to be able to baptize your own daughter. And of course, being a pastor, I had the blessing of doing the same thing for Katie, our daughter, as well as our son, Parker. Now, you and your families are are a member uh, are members of Summit Church, and uh, J.D. Greer is your pastor, and uh, recently has finished up serving as president of the Southern Baptist Convention. And so enough for our introductions. So let's jump into several things today. And I want to start with this question that I'm going to just throw out, starting with you first, Chris. What is one of your favorite <clears throat> memories of growing up with Glenn as your dad? Is there anything that comes to mind or or maybe what it was like when it finally dawned on you, began to realize that your dad really was pretty cool having played professional basketball before you arrived on the scene? Yeah, that's a great question, you know. And um, uh, one of one of the things that I remember is just being around other men and, you know, them kind of looking down at me and saying, you know, Chris, um, you should have seen your dad shoot the ball. You should have seen him the way he could shoot the basketball. And whether we were up in Blacksburg, like watching um, the Del Curry teams, you know, in the early and mid 80s there in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech, whether we were there or at football games uh, during the early years of Frank Beamer's uh, tenure as, as head football coach, you know, we spent a lot of time in Blacksburg and, and people would, you know, they would often stop dad because they would recognize him. And, um, you know, because most of them had, had watched him play uh, there at tech and then on in, in uh, the ABA. And so it was common for him to be stopped. And oftentimes, you know, my brother, Brian and my mom, Marcia and I would be with them and, um, I, I just vividly remember, um, you know, those moments where people would look down at me and say, you know, you should have seen your, your dad play. And, um, we'd be in restaurants sometimes in Roanoke, or even sometimes we'd travel, um, and we'd be in restaurants and people would recognize dad and, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, so the message to me from an early age was, wow, you know, one of the ways to, to gain respect. Uh, from other men is to to really seek to to excel in athletics. Okay, so I imagine that was a little bit of an inspiration, or a big part of the inspiration, as you began to find an interest in athletics yourself. But but you didn't take the basketball road; you wound up in football. Uh, Glenn, what's with that? Well, I kid him. Chris was Chris was actually at Patrick Henry, where he he played basketball as well as football. He was a very good basketball player as well, but. He kept at 215 pounds at that time. He kept charging over top of people. And so I suggested to Chris, I said, Chris, you know, I love you at basketball, but I think football is the path. And he was even better, obviously, at football and went on and had, had great success. Yeah, Bill Lanier was rich, but he wasn't really light. <laughs> and so that was probably a, a good direction for him to play. So you started playing football. You played both basketball and football in high school. Is that right, Chris? I did. Yeah, I really, uh, you know, enjoyed staying active and in, in uh, basketball and football and then track in the in the spring. So I enjoyed, you know, playing all all three sports in high school. Now, now, Chris, how did your dad encourage you as you were um, uh, growing up and going through high school, um, playing ath- athletics and, and doing it pretty proficiently? Well, I think, you know, there's a number, I could talk for an hour about that really, but, you know, there's a couple 
things I'd like to emphasize. I mean, the, the first thing is that dad was, you know, he was always present and, um, you know, so when I think of just his influence with me, um, as an athlete and even now, um, in business or just as a dad of, to my own children, you know, I, I've always known that dad was in my corner. Um, you know, that he was an advocate, he was in my foxhole, however, however you want to think about it, but it, just always present. And, um, you know, in in high school, um, he and my mom would come to, come to every game. Um, when we would, um, uh, before, before football games on Friday, he used to take me over to, uh, the park and we'd, uh, it was almost like a walkthrough, you know, he would throw me passes. I was a tight end in those days before I, um, started playing defense in college and, and, uh, you know, before high school basketball games, we'd have a walkthrough over at the Roanoke athletic club or, um, you know, there at Patrick Henry. So he really, he was really always instilling in me the lessons, every lesson that he thought um, could help me gain an edge. And, uh, you know, I think for some dads, you know, they may teach their sons how to, how to fix a car or, um, uh, you know, something like that. And, uh, you know, the Combs men were, we, we can screw in a light bulb on a good day, maybe, but, the dad was, <laughs> you know, but, uh, we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna be doing those types of things, but dad, you know, when it came to teaching me everything that he knew about, um, you know, shooting the basketball, now I never shot a jump shot that ever looked as good as one that he shot, yeah, but he had a smooth you know what, shot. He, your he, dad did, but he, he instilled, he, he taught me everything he could, um, when it came to that. And so, uh, I think his presence and just his in interest um, it were, were really two things there. You know, I, I, while I was in Arkansas for 17 years, we had a number of, of young men who went to play Division I sports out of our church. And, and one of them eventually wound up being uh, drafted in the first round in the NFL. And before draft day came, I was talking to him. We bumped into each other uh, up at Northwest Arkansas at a gas station of all places. And I asked him, I said, how can, how can your old preacher be praying for you these days? And, uh, and he said, pray for faith and strength. And then he said, Pastor Brian, you have no idea what I have run into, and I had never dreamed I would face some of the things I'm facing uh, um, playing um, Division One football at the University of Arkansas. And it was one of the things that, that just comes with success in athletics, especially in this day in America. Uh, Glenn, as you saw uh, your son Chris uh, heading towards athletics, succeeding in it, having played professional sports yourself, did that have anything to do with shaping the way you prayed for him or the way you wanted to counsel him or, or try to be there for him knowing that you've already been through that professional route and now you saw the possibility of the same thing was in store for Chris? Well, you know, Chris, <clears throat> we were very, very fortunate. Chris uh, <clears throat> grew up here in our church, and he, he had a strong— not only was he a great athlete, but he also had a strong moral compass and, and uh, character. So just as we went along, you know, we would talk about <clears throat> maybe different things and just encourage him to uh, not be afraid to step away from, you know, what some of his other friends might be think was popular or what's cool. Just, just keep grounded. Mm. And 
Chris was always stayed humble with the success. Uh, sometimes I kid him about being too humble, but uh, he realized that uh, his talent, uh, he was a hard worker, but he realized that God had blessed him with talent, and uh, he always stayed grounded and was was uh, mindful of that mm. fact. All those passes before <clears throat> games with you and your dad, Chris, I imagine really kept that foxhole mentality. Dad's there for me, always present in your heart and mind, didn't it, as you were going through college sports and even in pro ball? Without a doubt, you know, and I think just, um, you know, as it relates to just my, my view of God in my life, I mean, it's easy for me to, to view God as, as someone who's for me, you know, and, and loves me. And uh, I, I know that a lot of that has to do with just, you know, the presence that, um, you know, my earthly dad has had in my life. You know, that you are so blessed and so right, because really the role we have as fathers uh, not only has a tremendous impact in the way our children see themselves, but it also impacts in the way that they see God as their Heavenly Father. And having uh-huh. that great relationship both of you guys shared, what an inspiration and encouragement to every father and son out there. Because it is an iron sharpening iron process. The more you love your son and take and, and are involved in him, you see him growing up, then it gives you an understanding, a small way, I'm sure, Glenn, of how the Heavenly Father sees us and and loves us and wants to be there and is there for us. And by the same token, Chris, being a son, realizing just how we want to represent our fathers well. And that translates directly when you become a follower of Christ and how we want to be a good reflection of the Heavenly Father. Well, I want to touch base for just a moment um, as we're as we're winding down with our time, and this has been great. Thank you so much, both of you, on Father's Day week for being a part of this episode. I, I want to end with this question and, and get comments from both of you. You know, the role of fathers seems to have fallen pretty far down the ladder of society today, but that doesn't mean that it still isn't as important as it's ever been, just as God teaches us in His Word. And so how important is fatherhood for both of you, and and how should we stress its importance to other young men today who are coming along behind us in our churches and those young men that we're around at work, that's the next generation behind us? Uh, What would you say today to a young man who either is a brand-new father or or hopes one day to be a father? And either of you can go first with that question. Chris, go ahead, since you're— more, a more recent father, so I'll let you answer that question first. <laughs> well, gosh, that's another that's another one I could spend an hour talking about. Um, but I, I think that um, I, I think, as you pointed out, Pastor Brian, there's there's just so many um, distractions and things that would pull a man away from um, his you know his number one priority, which should be his his own relationship with God, and then his uh, devotion to his his family, um, you know, right after that. And I think that, I think that my message to a young father, and I'll try to follow my own advice as I'm speaking to young fathers would be to, uh, to really, to, to stay focused on those two things, your relationship with, with Christ and, and to allow the, the strength that comes from that relationship to, to flow into how you pour into your own, um, children and your wife. And, you know, that's really, what I try to think about. And, um, you know, I, I just think that, uh, 
one of the lessons dad's taught me through the years is to keep certain things simple and to stay focused. And, you know, I think in, in an era where there's a lot of distractions that if we can stay focused on our relationship with Christ and our relationship with, um, you know, the people that God has put in our lives, be it our, our wives and our, our children, and just to, uh, just to commit time, um, you know, I try to have one-on-one time with each of my children each week. And, you know, the reason that I do that is because, you know, that's what dad did with me. I mean, he was very intentional with my brother and I about uh, spending one-on-one time with us. And so I, I really, I've been very fortunate to have positive male role models. And uh, I really just try to execute, um, you know, those, those principles. Boy, that is such a great word, Chris. Thank you so much. Glenn, what would you like just, to add? Just, just uh, kind of tagging on to Chris, you know, fathers, uh, no doubt, are in a position, if they take advantage of it, to be the most influential person in, a, mm. in their son's life, whether they're an athlete or whether they're not, a, not an athlete. And <clears throat> I think it's important that, that uh, everyone, every father, gets a message to their son that, you know, the blessings that you receive are God-given. And, you know, stay humble uh, with success because, you know, failures and disappointments are going to come along in life. And, you know, having God to pray about these things and to talk to is very important from an encouragement standpoint. So I just... and uh, encourage all the fathers out there uh, to stay involved in their children and, and uh, keep realizing the importance of uh, church and uh, being raised in a, in a spiritual home. Boy, that's another great yeah. word. Sure is. And uh, yeah. anything you'd like to come along behind on that, Chris, to affirm? Uh, I, there, There is, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I would please. like to say, you know, you know there, there could be fathers out there who— you know, their, their children have, uh, you know, have kind of moved on through high school and college and they're even young adults at this point. And what I'd like to say to those fathers is don't feel like your, your opportunity for influence in your, your son or your daughter or, you know, your children's lives, don't feel like that's over. And the reason I say that is because, you know, as, as close as dad and I have been and as close as athletics brought us together, um, you know, and until the time I was, 30 years old, um, I've, you know, our relationship has even grown stronger and his influence in my life has grown stronger even since then. Um, and, you know, now we talk about other things, but uh, I would just, I just want fathers out there to know that, that, you know, you're not done when you're, when your kids are, have, have grown, you know, don't, don't feel like you've missed the opportunity to, to have an influence. And with that, we finish our conversation with Glenn and Chris Combs. We hope you enjoyed our time together today. And if your father is still living, then please make sure to let him know of your love for him this week. I'm Brian Smith reminding you to keep living by his grace and as always, for his glory.